Salutations Woo! and Woo! welcome. You gotta clap. You gotta clap. <laughs> to the twenty-third episode of the In the House podcast. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Michael Jordan works. That, that's exactly what I was about to say. That's where everybody's mind goes with wow. twenty-three. The man is a legend. It's almost like he was good. Twenty-third episode of the In the House podcast. The official podcast of the Scouse's House supporters group and i gotta say i feel like we've got scouse house royalty here tonight yeah um, I, I think that uh in terms, in terms of uh importance to the history of the scouse's house uh ranks right up there with the the legend himself and yeah. so uh before we can bring on this member of the scouse's house leadership group i need to bring in somebody to really do the heavy Heavy lifting for me. The hard work. I don't know if heavy lifting is the I'm bringing him in this time live, all the way from the third largest fjord in Norway. Andy Frederick, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Andy. I don't know if you know anything about fjords. Very little. No. Me too. It's fun I to say. It's, it is fun to say fjord. Yeah. Bjork. Yeah. Anything fjord. with a soft <laughs> yay. Anything with a soft J right up front is fun to say, but... Fjords, I'm told, if you're going to see one, go to the third largest. Yeah, because the first largest, it's it's DJ. showy. It's, it's showy. too showy. Yeah. The second largest <laughs> is trying too hard to be the first. Yeah, the second place is always desperate. And the third largest is just like, hey, I'm just great. I'm a, I'm a, magnif a magnificent and majestic I'm just a great fjord. fjord. All right, but Andy, tonight we have got a special guest. Yeah. Coming with us the entire way tonight, sitting in, hanging out. We have the secretary, the clerk, the uh, the chief in charge of notes. <laughs> the figures, best notes you've ever seen, by of, the way. <laughs> an elected official of yeah. Scouse's House Supporters Group, Steve McGuffey, is here tonight. Oh, Steve, man. thanks Steve. very much for joining yeah, us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, we're glad that you are here. Do you, you ever, let me ask you something, do you ever say <laughs> that you're going to give somebody some guff? <laughs> That is no. the saddest <laughs> name joke I've ever no, heard. No, it's a good one. Don't give me. Or does anybody, does, does anybody ever like... Instead messed up drunk, it's being guffed up drunk. <laughs> guffed up. We're going to get out and get guffed up tonight. Get guffed up tonight. Guffed up. Uh, Steve is one of the original members of Scouse's House. He uh, helped to found the group when we got going in the first place, and we're going to learn all about that process and how we got there. But this is a Louisville City Football Club podcast. Mm -hmm. And so let's spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the boys in purple. Yeah. Uh, and so that we can talk about these games, we need to know, are we going to do a game review? Or are we going to do a game preview? And the only way to find that out is as democratic as possible. Yeah. Let's flip a coin, Lady Steve. Luck. It's trying to trust, let's trust the, the universe. Coin. Said no violent. That's perfect. That was and it's a heads. 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 We. What's that put us at? That puts us. Uh, I've sincerely lost I have at this point. I think we've now done enough shows where you can't just keep we track. Have now. And I have not been listening in order whatsoever. Somebody he jumps around. <laughs> somebody who listens to this can I, tell us. I have a like, hunch that there are people out there who know, but also even if they know, they don't care enough mm -hmm. to comment on it. So. <laughs> Uh, let's just go ahead and say we've done 23. I'm going to say that it is uh, 29 heads to 11 tails. That doesn't... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't add up? No, it sure doesn't. Well, I'm not in charge of math. Well... Um, all right. So, heads means we're going to do a game preview. And in this instance, that means we're going to talk about Sunday's Woo! 5 o'clock mm, game. Five. 
against Indy 11 at home here at Slugger Field. And this is a chance for vengeance. It is a chance Absolutely. for vengeance. It was our first loss of the season. We went up there on Derby Day mm-hmm. and lost 1-0 on the crap handball call on Paco where there's no feasible way that he could have had his hand no. any different or that he could have gotten it out of the way. No. And yet, handball, no. we lose. It's time to get some revenge. We need it, big time. After that game, yeah, felt like we dominated. This, well, and see, that was the the real issue was that that game was just so sloppy yeah. that uh, I felt like we had the majority of possession and that we were the the better team, but it was hard to get anything really going. If, yeah. if you remember back to the game, we uh, we were getting possession, but we weren't being able to get anywhere forward with it. Right, and Paolo and Speedy had maybe their roughest game of the year. The 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 serious bounce coming off of that turf. Gave them trouble, and it it sort of it felt like it allowed that extra split second for Indy to press them harder. Yeah. And they looked fast and athletic. Indy did in that game, yeah. and they pressed our midfield really effectively and kept us from uh, from moving forward in the way we like to. Well, we had talked about in many many episodes ago that that's kind of the only thing that Indy has going for them. It's very athletic. Yeah. They're just super fast. Just kind of shooting in the dark, though. Yeah, they didn't, especially at that point where we were still very early in the season and they were a very new team. Yeah. They but didn't. It was the first time us playing them in the division, so. Also the first time we played them. They so played yeah. for, place for us to go play. All of that's true. It just felt, it made the game feel wonky. Yeah. And uh, I think Indy was really playing for a 0-0 tie in that game. I think they thought, hey, if we can just disrupt and muck yeah. things up. We'll take t- we'll take a point. We were still unbeaten at that point. We were like seven games into the mm-hmm. season. I mean, that was when we were still riding super high. And uh, yeah, I mean, it felt it felt it felt awkward to lose. I I attribute it mainly to the fact that it was Derby Day, and so yeah. it was the it was those guys had just been out partying for Oaks. Yeah. You know, they had been. I thought oh, we were yeah. gonna come away with a point though. I did too. Ombi and Spencer came on. Well, yeah, you remember that they came so we came so close to equalizing there at the end. Ownby and Spencer both had final uh, kick of the ball too. Yep, and they yeah. both had real looks at the net late in that game. But we hadn't seemed particularly threatening up until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, like I say, we probably had the edge in possession, like Steve was saying, but that it, it wasn't a dominating performance from us, and it wasn't. It, it was mainly because they wanted it to be ugly, yep. and it was. Uh, Jack McInerney, who is their main striker and really their uh, their premier player, uh, he didn't make much happen, but they weren't trying to play through him. They were sort of hoping he'd get on the end of a long ball, and yeah, Paco and Sean made sure that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so it was not a game where you could really expect them to score if we hadn't given them an opportunity to. It was unfortunate that they got that goal, and uh, you know I think that this game... I think we're in good shape, honestly. I'm feeling confident and good yeah. about it already. Especially we're off of a win. Especially the form we've showed the last couple of weeks. I think. Two solid wins. Yeah. I mean, really solid like wins. Like actual solid yeah. wins. <laughs> Putting goals in, which feels nice. Oh, like yeah. really on the front foot of scoring, which feels good. Mm-hmm. We, didn't have a, home. Yeah, we didn't have a ton of opportunities. We'll get to that in the review. But uh, we, we converted so efficiently. Uh Suni Saad for them is also a really effective player. He can be disruptive. He's one of those guys who was so fast and making life difficult. 
And he's also one of those guys, he's got two or three goals this year that were wonder strikes uh, from deep. And uh, so you gotta you gotta keep a man on him. You gotta mark him. Yeah. But honestly, Indy's team just doesn't doesn't put any fear in my heart. They're sitting at uh, in the standings right now. They are fifth. I think that they are seventh. I don't have that for sure. I know they're four points behind us. With a, I believe. Look we, it up, Guff. And Look I believe, it up. <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> don't give him no Guff. Uh, never. We. Uh, I think we've got a game in hand on them. They're in six, so split the difference. Yeah. 31. And they're on 31 points, and we're on 35? 35. Yeah. And how many games have they played? 20. And we have played 19. Yes. So we've so got a game got in hand and four points. But still, you know, you lose this game at home. It's tough anyway. But it's particularly tough because they would be right on our butts at yeah. that point. It is still, last week was a really good run of results for us, mm-hmm. all things considered. Everybody that we wanted to lose or draw, lost or drew, except for Charleston. Yeah. And so, I, it was a great week in terms of helping us distance ourselves. And yet still, from second place down to 11th place in the league, there is just, it's like so seven yeah. points difference or eight points difference. It's very little. And so, uh, this is an important game to... I think it could struggle. you got to take a point. If you look at look at our field versus Lucas Field, sure, very yeah. different kind. Plus, we were sat far back too. Mm-hmm. Now they're gonna come when we're playing at home. Yeah, you got the Coopers right there, Scouts Hills. We're right yeah. top of the field. Yeah, you know, just hoping for a good. Our out. our field in general, and you know, I'm, I'm as excited as anyone for the new stadium. Absolutely. Yep. But the fun thing about playing at Slugger Field right now is that we go on the road and we play in these bigger. Stadiums at Bowling when teams come here, and Slugger Field is very much a meat grinder. Yeah, they feel cramped. <laughs> it's very much like, well, it's like the octagon. And, <laughs> and, and our guys get 70 ish percent of the good luck on the uh, Turf Monster just because they're used to playing with right. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our guys still stumble on it from time to time, and it can still oh, yeah. create problems for us. But seventy percent of the good stuff that happens over on that mm-hmm. thing is uh, goes our way. Those are the little like candy corns of the game. Is watching the other team find that turf. <laughs> and Andy hasn't played here before, so <laughs> right. Good luck, bud. No, <laughs> so, they, it'll, they'll be seeing it for the first time. And also, they play on turf, and we play mostly on grass. <laughs> and so I, it makes us versatile. But they're all. But it's like McGuffey said it right. They play on an enormous field, mm-hmm. and now they're coming in to play on as cramped of a field as there is in the in the USL. Yeah. It's a it's a different animal. Our guys, I feel like, tend to thrive on the big fields when they get yeah, out there and feel some space. But that's because they're used to the rock fights yeah. in these games, and uh, obviously we're very good at home. But I always think generally that on the bigger fields, our pace plays. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's because Ombi's got room to gallop. So he yeah. does, and that feels good. And I, I promise, I will not spend more than this twenty seconds tonight talking about how I can't wait to see Ballard opposite him, Absolutely. doing the same thing. I've beat that. I've beat that horse. I'm just saying that it's Sorry. a, it's a good horse to beat. It is a good horse to beat. We heard on Saturday, Soccer City Radio, uh, Scott Stewart called in and said uh, that they don't have a firm timetable for the return of Spencer or for Ballard. 
But he was saying really nice things about Richie Ballard, saying he was feeling strong, that he'd put on some muscle weight in the uh, in the time he's been off, that somehow he looks faster than he looked last year, and also <laughs> and, and stronger on the ball, which was really his weak point last year was, yeah, he could beat you to the ball, but once he got there, if you put a muscle on him, then he'd sometimes he'd lose come. possession. So really, he'll be like the big... Uh, bullet from Mario. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Annoyingly faster than you think, yeah. and, now and now tougher. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm extremely excited to see him back, but we don't expect him this week. I I am personally putting a timetable of like two to three weeks to see both of these guys back because they're both training with the team. They're both practicing every day. I feel like if they're to that level, that we're we're not far, uh, and we're coming up on the six week original guess mm-hmm. on Luke. And uh, Ballard, I think, almost came back a couple of times and had little setbacks in training. That's the impression I'm getting. So I'm hopeful. Why we won't see either of them this week? I Don't think that we're risk it too soon. No, also no, you got to no, have no, them for yeah. the playoffs. So uh, I want them rounded into form. I want them to have a couple of games to get there ahead of time. But I don't need them. Mm-hmm. I don't need them. We're not. We're not there yet. No. No. And so, like we say, big game. Big game. We need to come away. I feel like you got to come away with a point. But I don't. I'm not. I want to win. I expect us to win, but I don't think that uh, it's a it's a terrible deal if we come away with a draw in this game. Andy, you got a prediction? Yes. Andy, would you like to share that prediction? Yes. Now would be the appropriate time. Perfect. Um, I'm saying two nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I think two nothing is perfectly feasible. Okay. Um. And I think we get it on some good. I don't think we get. I don't think it comes from a corner. I don't think it comes wow. from. Wow. I know. Branching I, out. I know. Um, I don't think it comes from a any like PK or no even a free pieces. kick. No nothing. I think it comes from just the 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 most perfect crosses you've ever seen in your life. Okay. Like the most perfect setup plays. So you think we're gonna play out wide? Yeah. Okay. Hope so. Hope you're right. And who puts it home? Um, I think we get another one from Speedy. I love that. Um, and I think we get, I mean, Cameron. Always a safe he bet. Always safe a, he's always a safe bet. He but is. I think we get another one from, from Speedy. He's played, uh, I mean, he's played really well last few games. He's he has. Great. It, his, his possession has been yeah. key, and I love seeing him get the finish last week, which we'll get to in a second. So you got two nothing. Mm-hmm. You got balls coming in from the from the wings, mm-hmm. and you've got it uh, with Speedy putting home another one, and Cameron finding yeah. his eleventh of the year. Yeah. Steve, what do you got? Three one. Three one. Three one. I like it. You got any goal scorers in mind? Well, I'd like Elix for a hat trick, but <laughs> I'll be reasonable. Elix for two, Cameron for one. You have you have no reason to know this. I was one hundred percent gonna say that I think that Illich gets a uh, a forked lightning, as we call it here, mm-hmm. a, a brace. I was one hundred percent gonna guess that. I hate that you stole that. And it just depends on who starts. So if yeah, Illich starts two. Cameron comes on. He's gonna finish it. All right. I think that Illich has probably earned some playing time in terms of the starts with mm-hmm. how well our front four have played. With him in that slot, which again we'll get to here in a second. So I have a question. That one point that we give up, well, the one goal that we give up, what do you think happens? Just run into the play. We're up three. They're pushing hard to get one back. Closing minutes, 
There you go. So I can live with nothing that. Nothing to worry about. Some, just, just another thing for yeah. Greg to it lose his mind about. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. I've got... Bear with me. No. I've got 4-1. <laughs> I'll tell you. Wow. I've got 4-1. I think that our guys really are in form for scoring goals right now. I think they've got a nose for the goal right now. And I did. I had a brace, a forked lightning for Ilya. And uh, I am seeing in my mind's eye that we get another one of our uh, players who needs a goal mm-hmm. off the schneid. And I think Sean Francis scores a goal in this game. I think Sean Francis comes in late. Uh, I think that he comes in for one of our wingbacks and that uh, maybe it's Oscar. And so he gets to take a uh, free kick that Oscar would normally take and he puts it home. I think that he's too quality on that sort of mm-hmm. thing not to. So I've got Francis scoring one, and we'll throw a goal to – it's hard to bet against Cameron, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about scoring I mean, goals, the guy just has a nose for it. Yeah. So, Especially this season. He's... I, I, I couldn't agree with – disagree. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I've got them actually scoring first, though. I think they come you out and so? score on us in, like, the first ten minutes. And, and just... I actually like it when we fall behind early – if it's to a team that doesn't completely park the bus. Like, if it happens right. against Pittsburgh, I'm terrified. Yeah. But if it happens against Indy that trusts its speed, I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like our guys pressing forward. I feel like they play with a sense of urgency. Yeah. And I think that they never let off the gas. We get one back almost immediately and yeah. then just lay it on them. It does seem like the games that we've had, just like the vast majority of possession, have been those games. Yeah. Where somebody scores one. And then we're just like, well, now this has to happen. Now we got to go. <laughs> and there are teams that can keep you from getting anywhere. I mean, that is what happened to us against Charleston was we gave up the early one, couldn't pick the lock, and then they got the second one on against the run of play. And, uh, I mean, those games happen. But I don't think Indy 11 is a disciplined enough defensive team to keep us out if they get ahead and we're just balling yeah. forward. As long as we're tied by halftime. Yeah. Second half. I like it. Yeah. All right, that's our game preview. It's good. Yeah, so now we go back to the game review, oh, and it's a good game review. It is a good game review. Uh, I We take down a, a perfectly respectable Ottawa side. Ottawa has played fine. We traveled north of the border, and we got a 3-0 win. And the nil is the important part to me. First clean sheet in a while. Yeah. Felt good to keep them off the scoreboard. I like three goals. Three goals is great. Keeping them off the scoreboard felt nice. Yes. And so I think big win for the guys. The defense had to feel good about holding them off and also getting those free bagels because, come on. Yeah. I mean, the guys have got to get – they got to start getting some more pastries. And there are a lot of good pastry shops in town. I mean, I don't know if they got Nords. I don't know if they decided to go Plains. Uh, I mean, you got to go Nords, right? You would think. Yeah. Uh, all busmans though. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's some good, good dang pastry in town. Steve, you got a favorite? Not really, no. When it comes to pastries, donuts. Yeah? Pretty much anyone will do, or you don't like them? Not really a fan. All right. Not a fan. Not a fan. Wow. I'm really? Yeah. I don't even know how, I don't even know where to go from here with this. No. I think we just gotta, <laughs> all right, it's been a fun show. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. For... All right. Now, so, great to get the shutout. And uh, the guys deserve a ton of credit. The back four, for the second game in a row, we played with a back four. Mm-hmm. And they looked really they looked really comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Solid. 
here's the here's the dirty little secrets because it's true. We love Sean Tosh on this podcast in Scouse's house. Loose City fans in general, we love oh, yeah. Sean Tosh. We love Pat McMahon. Had a great conversation with him when we interviewed him. He's swarthy and oh, interesting, yeah. and a fan and a fantastic soccer player. Oh, yeah. Both of those guys are better designed to play in a back three. Yeah, they just are. I think Sean Tosh can play as a center back, and that that's not like way out of position for him. But he's better designed as a as a member of the back three. Back four, mm-hmm. if you've got to play two center backs, I don't think that there's. I think it's clear that our two best center backs are Paco and Alexi. Oh, they're yeah. both bigger. They're both stronger. You don't have to be great on the ball when you're playing center back, and neither of them are wonderful ball handlers. But they're gonna take a striker out oh, yeah. of the game. Absolutely. And they did. Uh, I mean, yeah. they did marvelously. I don't remember how many times I said Dos Santos's name during the during the Ottawa game, but it had to have been less than five. I mean, the guy just got smothered. He had nowhere to go. All of their threats were coming from speed on the wings, and that was because Oscar and Kyle playing on our wings. Part of them has to still be thinking of themselves as midfielders. Right. Like some part of them, because you would see both of them sneaking forward. And that's fine when you've got a safety blanket of a back two instead of a back one. Yeah. And uh, that felt, it felt good to see them still feel confident to push forward a little bit. But also, that creates a little space on the wings. I mean, having a back four creates a little more space on the wings. Yeah. And that's fine. It's fine. But that was where Ottawa was more threatening in this game when they threatened. Uh, The striker, though, was just, it was nothing. No. Nothing. Uh, we'll get to Alexi's red card here in a second, but uh, McGuffey, what did you think about what did you think about the way Alexi has been playing these last two games as a starter? Last two games, getting a run of games, he's looking good. Yeah, he's starting to you know get more consistent. But I was more impressed with the goal, like Del Piccolo. Yeah, his reaction, you know, he, he kind of showed what the goal meant to him. Yeah, plus. The header, you know, that defender could easily just kicked him in the face. Could have yeah. threw his body it into a, it. It was a ballsy move to go for the Absolutely. header right there. Sacrificing your body, which is what you want to see out of a captain and yeah. out of a head coach, yeah. is but his celebration. You can tell what it meant. And yeah, they just never took the foot off the gas like we usually do. Mm-hmm. One up and. I like how I tried to distract Steve with discussions about defense and tactics, and he was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, Did you see those goals, dude? We're talk Did you about see that, that action? Well, Did you see that action? I really haven't had a complaint on the defense all year. I mean, they might have made a couple mistakes. Sure. That's expected, but... It, it, it's a solid back group. Whether it's three or four, it's been a solid back group. And uh, realistically, I feel like we're playing in a 4-2-4, four, four, even though it might get listed as a 4-4. Four, four, right. 2-1 or whatever they yeah. want to call it. It's realistically, it's a 4-2-4 because you've got the four, back line four, you've got Paolo and Speedy in the middle, both of whom notched goals this week. Yes, it was great seeing Speedy oh, yeah. put one home. And it was on what we talked about earlier this year where, you know, he's lurking out there at the 18-yard box. Yep. The ball's pinging around and it comes to him. And instead of uh, trying to lay it off for somebody or, let's face it, a couple of times this year, he's put a couple over the bar. Uh, he just he cleanly struck that thing on a half volley. It was nice. I was expecting you know to go in because nobody they gave him all the time in the day. Had so. a lot of space. Good finish. And what well, I love that he filled that space though. It's easy for a uh, for a central holding midfielder like that to have a tendency, especially with a two goal lead, 
to be lurking yeah. backwards. Right. And uh, but no, he said, "This is I'm good. I got my area covered. Yeah, I'm scoring." And then he did. It was wonderful to see him put that home that way. Uh, but no, so you play the two in the middle, and then you play the four up top. And I don't think enough can be said about how well Ilya Illich has played this no. year. Since since he's been put into the starting lineup, I, I think that he's really shown what he can do is what I think of as a nine and a half. He's not a ten, and he's not a nine. He's playing like a nine and a half, mostly that center striker role. But also he he definitely comes back farther than Cam does when he's up there. Helps in the creation yeah. of what's going on. Uh, give kudos to a USL announcer. They even mentioned during the game that uh, Illich is more of a creator and Cameron is more of a pure, right. I'm getting my goals, yeah. striker. And But, I mean, I think it's made the offense go a little yeah. bit these last couple of games. So you hold the ball and I mean, the pace of Ombi. Yeah. Can't discuss it enough, but, you know, he holds the ball and Cameron, Ombi, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of, and, and it creates so much space. He sucks defenders to him, and he's done a great job. And in this game, it was Magnus, and in the previous game, it had been uh, Niall playing up there with George. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've both done a fine job. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you've been a Steve. You've been a vocal critic of Magnus Rasmussen from yes, time to time. Yes, I have. Do you uh, feel like he uh, has finally listened to you and stepped his game up? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's got skills. Mm-hmm. I just kind of think he's being a little soft, but. Uh, Sunday or was it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Though his tackle. <laughs> his he, I was proud of Steve it. is quoting as hard <laughs> as he can right now. It was. It was. You're. You're right though. I think sometimes it feels like he gives up possession a little weak. Yeah. He pulls out of, instead of going into the fifty-fifty. He kind of. Yeah. Hopes it bounces the right way. And uh, I, I agree with you though. I think he showed a little more fire mm-hmm. in this game and really was getting after it. Obviously, he got the. Uh, the the heavy penalty for coming in late, two legs, late, <laughs> and deserved it. But, I mean, sometimes it's nice to show your team that you're willing to do that. It's not yeah. like you got to worry about Magnus Rasmussen getting a yellow card right. accumulation. And so I think every now and then you say, hey, guys, I got your backs on this. I'm not going to give away possession and just let them have it. But if you give him a look at goal, he's... Well, yeah, he's going to go. So he is, and uh, is definitely one of our more creative players. Yeah, you wish sometimes he'd give it up a little sooner, but yeah, but one of our more creative players, and uh, whether it's Nile or Magnus playing in that extra slot up front, I feel like they both are are feeding into what the the trio of Ownby, George, and uh, Ilya have been creating. All right, so that's. We, we mentioned all of this purely to get it out of the way so that I can mention that uh, Andy, mm-hmm. with his prediction mm-hmm. of basically every week, yeah. uh, is that Paco will get a goal on an assist from Oscar. Now, normally... No, it's a corner. Normally, you predict corner. Yeah. This was not a corner. It was not. But Oscar to Paco, you've got to feel good. Yeah. No, yeah. What did you think yeah. about the goal? I mean... You always feel good about goal. <laughs> what did you Nobody think about the way we ever, scored like, it? Say, what'd you feel about? How'd you feel about that goal? Nobody's yeah. ever to be like, nah. Well, especially when you think it's gonna be a header because the size of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, no. no. Takes it yeah. down with the feet. Slots Oscar it home calmly. Is, Oscar looked amazing. Yeah. Like Oscar looked great. He just did. It's Oscar. Yeah. He, 
Team of the week for a reason. Yeah, settles into that back four role and still finds a way to be effective going forward, yeah. which is exciting. Uh, we talked previous to air with uh, McGuffey saying that he thought that he prefers Kyle to hang back a little bit. Yep. And by that same token, I prefer Oscar to push forward a little bit. Yeah. I agree. I mean, Kyle, you know, great player. Great. I mean, Versatile. Yeah. It's always on the sheet first and... I just like to see him sit back a little more and, mm-hmm. you know, let Omi do the running up there and or whoever's playing up. Sure. The four or the five who can come in and play. I mean, we're so... We got a lot of yeah. interchangeable yeah. parts. And that's actually one of the points that I'm really keen on about the way we've played the last few weeks since we've maybe turned a little bit of a corner. Mm-hmm. Is uh, when I say we're playing with a four-two-four, I think the reason we can kind of do that is because of how versatile our guys are. Oscar and Kyle are both used to attacking and being available to move up there and attack. And I gave credit on Saturday when, not to brag, but uh, Lance McGarvey had me on Soccer City Radio. There we go. But, uh, uh, and thanks again to Lance for that. I had so much fun. But uh, I talked in that game about how, what a great job George and Ilya are doing of tracking back. Those guys are creating the press right now for this team by when possession is turned over we're not there the other team's not getting to midfield before they face defense they're having to face defense immediately yeah. and that's hard to talk scores into mm-hmm. uh, their fitness levels it's the team and th- this is where you give some credit to uh to IMG Academy and uh, coach James O'Connor cuz those guys I don't know how they do it but because we've got Two guys playing in that front four who can drop back. Yeah. And two guys playing in that back four who can pull forward. It creates a lot of nice overlaps. It creates a lot of danger on set pieces. And it creates a lot of versatility. And I think regardless of what anybody's opinion about Kyle Smith is as a player, is he's the most versatile player on the field. I feel like if you had to have him play any of the ten positions, he could do it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him in goal. But you know he can play anywhere else on the field, and that's a nice feeling. You can play him up top as a winger, he'll... He would He'll do get great. Goal, get crosses in, like. Yeah. And he obviously plays regularly as the sub for Paolo or for Speedy, so he knows that midfield role. Yeah. He plays on the back line. He's played in the back three on the back line. Mm-hmm. He uh, he can do he can do it all. And while Oscar rightly gets the gets the credit for this past game because man his service was awesome. Yeah. I think that the reason our team is so able to be amorphous. Like that is because Kyle provides a lot of uh, a lot of comfort. That mm-hmm. wherever he's out on the field, you mostly feel like he's not going to screw it up. Yeah. And that's it's hugely important to have that. Last thing I want to say about this game is Alexi. You can't touch people's throats, man. You just now, can't. You can't grab people's throats. When I saw it happen, I was like, <laughs> "What the f do you get sent off for?" But. Yeah, yeah, but we 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 said the same thing. You watch the replay; it's like, yeah, you don't get to do that. I don't care if I mean, you know, you can't tell, you know, intensity level of, you know, if there was any squeezing or if there was, you know, you can't tell any of that from video. You don't get to put your hand on people's throats. Like that's a general rule across life. There are extremely yeah. There are extremely few situations where it is acceptable, and usually you have to have like written permission from yeah. your partner ahead of time. Yeah, and uh, 
but not directly in front of the referee. So you definitely can't do it directly in front of the referee. So and especially when you're not involved in the play in the first yeah. place. When you're the guy arriving late and it's right in front of the play, and you're, you put your hand on a guy's neck. He got the red card, deserved the red card. Yeah. You could tell he felt terrible about it immediately. Oh, yeah, when you watch his face, they, they showed him walking off the field, like the look on his face. He knew what he was doing. Like, he knew what he, he knew exactly what had happened. Yeah. And, and you, like you said, rightfully so. Like, you just can't do that. No. But he's young enough, I feel like, that this is a learning. It'd be different if Pat McMahon walked up and, like, mm-hmm. and had done the same thing. Yeah, a veteran doing that. It strikes you as more of a, uh, a terrible decision as opposed to sort of impulsivity. Yeah. And man, I would be terrified if Pat McMahon grabbed my throat yeah. with that uh, with that mustache. Oh my god! <laughs> like you don't trust that guy. No. He stole my quarter already. He, he what's he did. trying? What's he trying to steal from me next? <laughs> Pat McMahon is more of a pirate than I think we have led on at this point. He's got the hair. He's got the the facial hair. Yeah. Of a pirate. He is literally. Stolen booty from us. He has. He's 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 well, a threat. To uh, the preseason, St. Louis. Yeah. Going through Dakers, he was right. It, it is the exact same <laughs> scenario. You you don't trust anybody who looks like that mm-hmm. going through somebody. No. <laughs> and and stood up to him in a big bad way. Squared off. It mm-hmm. Felt good. Uh, These are ex teammates too. Right, guys <laughs> who played together. I think that the thing you can most take away from this game is that the team feels comfortable again. Yeah. We had a lot of tumultuousness mm-hmm. for a number of years. Tumult, I suppose. Yeah. For a number of weeks where, yeah, the coach has left. Yeah, we've got the triumvirate in there now. We've still got to figure out the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. We aren't sure if we'd already not been playing great before Coach O'Connor left. Yeah. It, was, it was an uncomfortable time. I feel like we've righted the ship. And now you're just waiting for us to hire a coach to turn the motor on on that ship. Do you think there's any risk of a new coach being put in place kind of screwing with that? No. I don't. Because I think that, A, at our level, at USL level, Mm. the guys, there's nothing guaranteed to these guys. They have to play for spots. Mm. And so you can't, like, oh, we don't like this guy. I'm not going to give him 100%. Mm. And if this coach is even remotely reasonable, he's not going to try to mess with our formations too much. He's not going to try to mess with, you know, our personnel too much. It's not like suddenly we're going to see Paco starting every game as our number nine. (laughs) And the thing is, they have too much to lose by not playing well. Right. Uh, I don't think that the coach can really mess with it too much you want the the new coach to think good of you so that you've maybe got a fallback job. But also, these guys all want to put good film on tape and get picked right. up by a bigger team. Yeah. Most of their contracts are ending, and they know that they're playing for a career. And so, no, I don't think that you run a lot of risk of uh, a new coach upsetting things unless he's just a colossal dick. Right. And if we hire a turn on, I don't see Brad hiring a colossal. Well, <laughs> and, if we, and if we do hire a colossal dick, well, then he's got to get his you know dick friendly players in there next year, and we'll see what's what. But I can't imagine us punting on this season by hiring somebody who wants to mess with things too much. So no, no. Good answer. All right. Um, puts us 
back into third place. It put us into second place briefly until Charleston uh, got their victory. Yeah. We got still two games in hand on Charleston or one game in hand on Charleston, Steve? Right now we're down to fourth with... Somebody else won this week? Well, Pittsburgh's playing right now, so... Uh, well, Pittsburgh must... Oh, okay, so right now if Pittsburgh's result holds, they will jump back over us. Right. Coming into today, yes, we were one right. point up on uh, Pittsburgh with a level number of games. So if Pittsburgh does win and jump us, we'll have a game in hand on them. And we have two games in hand on Charleston, who is three points ahead of us. Realistically, we're right in the fight for the top yeah. three spots and well behind Cincinnati. I mean, we just are. Now, I did some messing around, some fun with math the other day. What? Yeah, no. I don't know if math and fun <laughs> should. Well, I'm not good at it, as I demonstrated earlier. Deep. But, crayons? <laughs> but, no, I did a little bit of fun with math, and the two games that we have in hand on them mm-hmm. at this point in the season are Toronto and North Carolina which are two extremely winnable games. Mm-hmm. So that's six points. So let's, Where do Toronto and North Carolina sit right now? Toronto dead last by a lot. Okay. By a lot, a lot. Okay. And then North Carolina, bottom third of the table. Okay. So what you're talking about there are two very winnable games. If you come away with six points in those two games, then you're three points behind Cincinnati and on level terms. With them still to play. With them still to come here and play us at home. So realistically, what we're talking about is can we handle our business and keep pace with them and then beat them at home? That's how you catch first place. Yeah. We'll get in our, uh, in our banter section to why that may be more difficult. But right now, winning games is uh, paramount. And this is a game where you really want to take three points mm-hmm. and ride that momentum. Kudos to George and to Paolo and to Luke. Mm-hmm. Four league games, three wins, one loss. Yeah, that's massively impressive. If Coach O'Connor had been coaching and we'd said we were going to go three and one over this stretch, we'd have been like, sweet, sign us up. So, no problems. No more giving up easy points at home. That's a key. No no more giving up, you know, multiple goal leads uh, in the second half. (laughs) We got to knock that. And and I do feel like that's the sort of thing we've started pulling away from. Yeah course if you just go back three weeks you're sitting in it so i mean it's hard to it's always hard to really tell momentum of a season no that's just what you gotta it's what you gotta judge yeah so all right that's our preview and our review mm-hmm. let's get to our purple stuff i want to say those are good previews and reviews oh man i say it every time it's because you do a great job but every for time. Re- no for <laughs> real this time that was good I appreciate that. It was because of the guff. I think I <laughs> it was because of the guff. A little bit, a little bit too much guff. Uh, I, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to call it a, a good team win there. Uh, that like was a, a team win. Uh, teamwork solid. making the dream work yeah. is what that was. Good job, guys. So we've got uh, a couple pieces of purple stuff. Yeah. First one is uh, kudos to the guys uh, for getting out and raising up some school supplies yeah. for uh, the back-to-school drive. I know that they were with the Coopers and with, uh, I believe, oh, man, I don't even want to get it wrong. It was either Hometown Pizza or Butchertown Pizza. I don't know which one of them did it. I think it was Hometown. Uh, I don't want, they're both I great pizza remember. establishments. Right. They both do cool stuff with yeah. the team. Go eat at both of them, yeah. and thank you to whichever one of them helped raise the school supplies. 
uh, and Mockingbird Valley and uh, did a really great job. If you uh, haven't gotten a chance to listen to Barrel Proof from this week, Ilya stuck around afterwards and talked to the guys. It was a nice, it was a nice podcast and completely worth your time. Uh, but kudos to the guys. All the charitable stuff that they can do, I, I fully support. The more involved in the community they are, the better it is mm-hmm. for the team. If there were four kids at that soccer field that night who thought, holy crap, there's a soccer team here? Yeah. You know, that's probably nine people who will be coming to games. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be the same way. Like, holy crap, there's the team. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I play there tomorrow night, and if the team's there, I'll go, holy crap, there's the team. <laughs> So, uh, please don't watch us play. <laughs> yeah, don't. Don't, st- <laughs> don't no, stick go, around. Go away. Please go away. Please. <laughs> Will you sign this ball? All right, don't watch me kick I it. I love you, but please go away. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, kudos again to those guys and to all of the organizations that were involved in that. Yeah. Great stuff. Number two. I love this. I saw it on Twitter earlier today, and I told uh, the person who tweeted it that I would throw some love to it on the podcast, and I meant it. Uh, Justin Mounts, who uh, is an enormous fan and an active Twitter and Facebook uh, participant in the club culture, uh, is putting together a Louisville City box, a City of Louisville box, for the incoming coach, whoever that may be. Uh, they are. He is putting in a couple of uh, nice, he put in a couple of bourbon bottles already. He had put in a couple of gift cards already, and he wanted to open it up to uh, the fan the fan base at large that on Sunday at the tailgate at uh, Slugger Field, you will be able to find him over in the Cooper's section, and he will, in fact, be taking donations for something to welcome the coach. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Tell me drinks. That's amazing. <laughs> you think there will be some more bourbon? Probably. Yeah, I would. I'm actually going to make sure that there's more bourbon. <laughs> but no, something to welcome the coach besides, you know, whatever sack of money we throw at him. Right. And uh, to say, it, it'd be a nice demonstration right from go how involved this fan base is. Oh, uh, no, I've got it. That's I've got a, it. Idea, a six pack of boxer shorts with horses on them. Horse boxers. Horse boxers. Now, we'll, we'll have to ask at the, open, at the introductory press conference whether he wears boxers or briefs, because otherwise that throws a. There's a wrench okay. in your plan. A three-pack of briefs, <laughs> a three-pack of boxers, and a three-pack of boxer briefs. I like it. And socks. I like Can't it. wrong with socks. If you, and if won't you, it be awkward if he's like in the press conference, yeah, I don't wear underpants. <laughs> well, I got you this half sling. <laughs> it's just one big sling. But, but <laughs> if, you, if you are so inclined and you have a favorite local business or you have a favorite or you own a favorite local yeah. business... If you want to donate something to give to coach, to welcome the new coach in and say, hey, this shows, we just want to show you how excited we're going to be to have you here, how much behind you we're going to be until you screw up, and how <laughs> how much, you know, you are so much better than James O'Connor because you drink bourbon and he didn't, that sort of thing. If you want to help demonstrate those facts to whoever the incoming coach is, then bring something, maybe a gift card, maybe a small trinket. Probably nothing too giant because, you know, it's a box. A brand new car. <laughs> well, if you've got a brand new car, if Kenny, Kenny Allward is Kenny. listening, <laughs> if Performance to Toyota wants to donate a brand new car, that's his prerogative. Uh, they could maybe have my Volvo. I really don't know well, what to say. need a bigger box. Much bigger. Much bigger. So that's a cool thing that's happening, and yeah. I thought, great idea. So please, if you've got stuff, bring it, because uh, the coach needs to know how much how much this uh, fan base is behind whoever this person is going to be. Uh, 
my third piece was going to be that uh, Oscar Jimenez made the team of the week, which Andy spilled the beans on. My fourth piece was going to be that Alexi Swahi... First off, go ahead, go ahead. And uh, my fourth on. piece was going to be that Alexi Swahi uh, got a three-game suspension for, uh, for his uh, inappropriate uh, throat nuzzling. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll uh, and I had like spilled that. the beans on that already. Yeah. So realistically, I had those two pieces. I never get to spill the beans on stuff. You should. And going into this particular show, I looked stuff up. We're proud of because I never do that. I don't, I'm not a homework kind <laughs> of guy. Wait a minute. I'm You're not, telling me you're flying blind? I, it's the only way I fly. Man. <laughs> it's the only way I fly. All right. Oh, captain, my captain. I'm just saying. It's, it's how I got to where I am in my life. But I was particularly proud of the fact that I had researched it. So I have no... I do not apologize for spilling the No qualms no. about announcing Oscar on the team of the week. I regret nothing. Famous last words. I'm completely down with that. Okay. All right, and our final piece of purple stuff is that uh, it is Wednesday, August 1st mm-hmm. at 8.43 p.m. right now. We do not have a head coach. We don't. So that box is headed to an unknown recipient still at this point. Friday. All right. So we're not going to go too deep here because this has been this has been beaten around the uh, Lou City fanosphere for long enough. But Brad Estes said two weeks ago on Soccer City, mm-hmm. end of the month. Now people have gone back like the Zapruder film and listened and tried to determine if he said if he said, you know, that we hope to have a coach or that we hope to be announcing a coach or that, you know there will be a coach. Right. These things. How he said it, what he promised about the end of the month. Who cares? Uh, we had that information and then this past week on Soccer City Radio, Scott Stewart came on and said uh, that they, he didn't see any reason that timetable was gonna be sped that the timetable laid out by the team was gonna be sped up or slowed down. He thought it was still on pace. And so that, mean, that meant to everybody, hey, we, we're going to have a coach by August 1st. Mm-hmm. We don't have a coach yet. Uh, they came out with a Courier Journal, journal article on Monday saying that it would probably be closer to the end of the week. That has significantly slowed speculation down on the interwebs. Everybody's sort of taking a deep breath. And I don't blame them. Uh, I have spent more than my fair share of time digging into the deep, dusty corners of internets. Yeah. <laughs> looking for any kind of uh, clue. All the red holes, man. All of them. Uh, I've spent time on transfer market about available coaches. I've oh spent time on USL, USL <laughs> blogs. I've spent time on every version of Reddit. Uh, I went into a Mary Poppins Reddit because there was a... I don't even want to talk about it. But there's been stuff. What the hell, dude? There was a weird link. <laughs> oh, my God. All At right. some point, and you know... I fell into a rabbit hole. I admit it. Little City, Mary Poppins. You wouldn't That's, think there'd be a connection. And I honestly, I couldn't play Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon to tell you how I got there. But I clicked a link, and it said a thing, and it had a link, and I've I clicked done, it. Now, I get it. I've You've been there. I've absolutely been there. Sugar. Exactly. I, it, there was no sugar at the bottom of this. It was. I think. I think the takeaway from all of this, as Evan <laughs> illustrates, <laughs> is that what if we all just chilled the out <laughs> and waited and just waited for them to tell us who they, because the last two games are great. Yeah. Triumvirate works. Right? Yeah. So it kind of doesn't matter. All right. Mostly doesn't matter. All right. Up to this point. I'll give you that. Yeah. Right. Okay, 
they're going to announce it at some point. Yes, they will. No amount of digging around and no amount of speculation really no. is going to play any kind of no anything into their decision. So what if, <laughs> bear with me, <laughs> what if we just wade into <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you. And here's the thing is, I have gone, you know, all relative moralizing on people about this too. Uh, I have tried to calm. There are people in this world who consider me a source when it comes to Louisville City, and I have been regularly telling them I don't know anything, and you need to settle down. We'll yeah. all know together. It'll be fine. And then I find myself two hours deep. I find myself two hours deep in a uh, in a research hole, and it's. I, I agree with you. The coaching announcement will come. And according to Scott Stewart, it will likely come by the end of this week, which would be Thursday or Friday or Saturday or whatever. Uh, when it comes to all that, I think it's it'd be strange for them to announce it on Friday or Saturday before because the before the game, because then that takes some attention away from the game and also puts a lot of pressure on that coach to be at the game and uh, what is their role and does that count as their first game as their head coach and they didn't yeah. have anything to do with it. I think it would be strange if we announced it before. So are you thinking Monday? I'm thinking Tuesday of next week. My guess is Tuesday of next week. Uh, I think that the most likely scenario is is that they let the weekend news cycle wind down on Monday. Yeah. Uh, because then all sports talk radio and the paper we're talking about is whatever sports happened on the weekend. Yeah. They don't they don't want to do a press release, and so uh, my guess is that it comes out Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, they could easily be announced tomorrow morning. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say hey people quit getting excited. It could be tomorrow morning. I don't know anything. <laughs> Ten minutes before the game. That would be unusual. Ten minutes before the game. Or Scott Stewart is going to... Or at halftime. Stick around after the game. At halftime, Scott's going to just slip it into something. Well, on Twitter. Like said, yeah. It'll be on Twitter. Hey, our new coach is this guy. It's, <laughs> That's it. It's going to be in the lineup announcement. They're going to post the lineup yeah. on Twitter and Facebook. And at the bottom, it's going to say, Head coach, Steve McGuffey. Or whatever. He'll do <laughs> attack. I love that. That's his immediate. He didn't even wait to get the job. His immediate advice to the team attack. was attack. Yeah, assistant coach, let's do this. <laughs> I want to apologize ahead of time. <laughs> I did. I did not prepare for this. I did not prepare for this. No, he'll sing the national anthem. Yeah, <laughs> that's the new coach. Your new head coach. <laughs> Michael Bolton. I would love to see the looks on people's faces if they. T- <laughs> that would be, that would be the anti James O'Connor. Oh my that would be god! The, it's not, it's not. It would no, because he would sing. Uh, he would sing the French. The French national anthem. Yeah. He would headbutt Marseille. somebody first, and yeah. then sing the French national anthem. He would headbutt the other coach. The chest. Uh, <laughs> We're getting this started right. All right. All right. So no, we don't have any coaching news and. Andy is right. We should all be patient Just and wait. Uh, it could be tomorrow. It could be Friday. But my guess is if it's not... Tomorrow, honestly, I feel like is the most likely day other than Tuesday. In I my mind. would expect tomorrow. It would be great. But they got to have it done. And there's no indication that they completely and utterly have it done. So, But well, there's no indication because... And this is a kudos to the team... Man, they're good at keeping this a secret. Yeah. How does a group this large keep a secret like this? Mm-hmm. Brad Estes 
and the search firm and Patrick Stewart and uh, Brandon Morris and any of the people involved who know anything, how they are keeping all of this quiet with, you know, one person knows a secret and it's a secret. Two people know a secret and it's not, it's not anymore. anymore. And the, it's, this is still a secret. People I, I trust. the threat of losing your job would probably be a... Well, I guess. Fight Club, uh, Sean Francis. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. did ask everybody to keep that a secret. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's impressive that there haven't been more leaks on this. Uh, people that I trust to know the answer to this are either lying to me really efficiently or legitimately don't know. And if these people don't know, I mean, it's that's I'd impressive. To see it after the game, I um, yeah, I would week. too. I would too. I really thought it was going to be this past Tuesday for the exact reasons I just listed because it would have given them. It's a late. Week, it's a game late in the week. It would have given them an extra day to be with the team. Anyway, they must not have had it done. Nope. Patience. I'm done now. It's Coaching stuff. It's a long flight from France. More than anything, I want to say great job by the triumvirate. Regardless of who it is, regardless of who the next head coach is. Oh yeah. Triumvirate stepped into you know unenviable shoes. My my offer and George Davis doesn't listen to this. But no, he totally does. My offer stands. If he wants to go with me... Get the line. And get the triumvirate tattoo. Yeah. We can absolutely go. I'm I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on. I will yeah. absolutely... I know a guy. It'll be awesome. <laughs> George, it's on Andy. Yeah. I'll... Yeah, I'll, wow. I'll pay for it. I'll, I was, I was, I was. I, I was won't pay for Luke. I'll pay for George's. <laughs> Luke and Paula can put their own bills. Exactly. All right. Okay, so let's get into our interview with Steve McGuffey because that yeah. was our purple stuff. Oh, by the way, how was purple stuff? Did everybody uh, get a delicious. nice little? It was uh, delicious. It was refreshing. Yeah. Went down easy. Definitely sitting here than listen to it. Uh, it is. It is. We the, should make a jug of. Actual purple stuff to put to in start the box singing. for the coach. Instead, <laughs> we should, that'd be fun. <laughs> but like questionable, like and, and not put it? anything about Scouse's house on Nothing. it. Not anything about the house. A just jug, purple a stuff. reused milk carton of purple stuff <laughs> with a sketchy label that just says purple stuff. Just hand draw. <laughs> Unless he's doing his homework on the team. What? What if he is listening to every podcast on that team ever? It takes a while. I've actually. God, I'm such a dork. I'm at, at work, I can listen to podcasts, and I have like eight that I really like every week, and three of them are Lucidity stuff, and that's fine, And I, but that's like three and a half hours of content, and I have yeah. a 40-hour work week. And so I've actually, once I get through all of my favorites for the week, I have been listening to back catalogs of Barrel Proof and Derby City Ultras. It's actually hilarious, Ugh. because I'm listening to stuff from like, and they're talking about whether or not Matt Fondy's going to resign and stuff like that. Oh, it's man. interesting stuff. And the stuff that they've gotten right is as interesting to me as the stuff that they've gotten wrong. What does your supervisor say? I am the supervisor, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. You've seen my you've seen my office. I have. I could fit. It you. is illustrious to say the least. I, I don't like to brag, but it's uh, it's sizable. Podcast there next week. We should, we should podcast there next week, except that it's a warehouse, and so you hear quite a bit of, you know, warehouse stuff. Where has he? That's why claim. I listen to the... There's a lot of claims. That's why I listen that to the podcast. Yeah. Now let's get to know our guest. Oh, Lord. All right. Steve? Yes. What's your full name, for the record, please? Stephen William McGuffey. Stephen William McGuffey. Now, I hear the name McGuffey, 
And I immediately think, uh, probably not literate. Like, is that right? I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What a dick! I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. He's an elected official. Yeah, you can't he talk is, to him like that. I'm writing draw with crayons. He's you are an elected official, and you are an elected official who's coming to us from overseas. Yes. Where, whereabouts are you originally from? Newton Stewart, Scotland. You want to uh, say that again for us? Newton Stewart, Scotland. All right. Jeez. So southwest. Okay. Southwest portion of Scotland. All right. So. Uh, Give us one more frame of reference. What's the nearest large city? Glasgow's pretty close, mm-hmm. but Belfast is yeah pretty close across the water. Just across the across the way. That's pretty cool. All right, yeah, that's much cooler that's than being lot. from that's Evansville. Cool. Yeah, dude. Where I'm like Indianapolis is pretty close, and so <laughs> is Louisville across the river. You know, that's no fun. No, I'm from here, so I'm I'm fine. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. Um, all right, so you're Scottish, and Scotland has a long and proud soccer tradition. Uh, they have a history. <laughs> now, when I say long and proud, I just mean that they've been playing for a long yes. time and that they are very proud of playing. Right. Uh, they're, it's... Are we good? <laughs> so, in particular, there are two famous soccer teams. I mean, I don't want to try to run down the rest of the Scottish Premier League. There are a lot of good players. Oh, no. And a lot of good teams. But there are two legendary sides that uh, even many casual soccer fans will be aware of, and that would be uh, Celtic and Rangers. Yes, sir. And of those two, are you by chance a fan of one of them? Yes, it would have to be Rangers. So you're a dyed-in-the-wool Rangers fan. Born and raised. Now, how long did it take you to find out since you moved to the United States at what age? 16. At 16. Since you moved to the United States, how long did it take before you were able to start watching Rangers games? Uh, to this day, it's still... Hit or miss? They might show an old firm occasionally. Okay. On Fox Soccer. If not, internet. Internet stuff? Internet. And what brought you Jim, to the U.S.? My dad, Jim. He met my mom and... That's what happened. Yeah. Birds and bees and we moved. <laughs> Sorry, mom and Jim. <laughs> now, go, go a little bit more into the birds and the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Andy actually needs well, a detailed explanation of what I that means. I don't understand what people say. <laughs> so you're you're uh, you're. No, that that Jim lived here mm-hmm. twenty plus years, and he's from where I'm from originally. Okay. Came back for his birthday, met my mom, and then hit it off. Two thousand four, we moved out. All right. Now, Scouse's house are familiar with Jim as. Uh, being the uh, the tall man in the green and white uh, shirt. Sadly. So you are uh, a Rangers fan, and yes. your family then is also Celtic fans. No, my whole family is Rangers. Okay. Jim married in. So just Rangers Jim. Family. You're not willing to claim him as family when it's talking about <laughs> Celtic. Nope. Uh, also, Jim noted for wearing quite a bit of Jamaica gear. Yep. But Jamaican or here's a Celtic. weird here's a weird fact about Jim. Hi Jim. When I was bartending and managing at the Bristol downtown, he cleaned the hoods. Yep. I've actually known Jim for years. How about that? Yeah, and the first time I saw him at a city game, I was like, "What the?" Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people know him as the big tall Scotsman. Yeah. yeah. 
Like I've ran into people. And he's like, he's also one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Extremely in your life. friendly. Far from Celtic. Except for the Celtic thing. You know. All right. So you've got you you've made it over here as a sixteen year old. You are desperate for uh sell for your uh, for your Rangers, and they are nowhere to be found for until the internet got really good five or six years later. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of phone calls back and forth, and then. You know, Rangers went through the financial trouble, mm-hmm. so they kicked us out of the Premier League, mm-hmm. and we had to work our way back up, and those last couple of years, Celtics just been dominating. Yeah. Hate it. I do not have the wherewithal to talk Scottish soccer beyond Old Firm. I just don't. No, most people don't. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a big soccer fan. I try to be as uh, broad with my knowledge and understanding of the game as I can be, but really, I'm only aware of the fact that Old Firm exists, and that they play each other regularly and that it is contentious uh talk to me you're used to a giant enormous soccer rivalry explain to andy and i the the difference between celtic rangers and say Lou city cincinnati well rangers celtic well we talked a little before this you know sure it goes way back beyond the game it's you know catholic protestant mm-hmm. gets thrown in which we'll not go into sure but, you know, best atmosphere I've ever been to in my life. Really? Hands down. And what makes for a great atmosphere for these games? There's so much hatred. <laughs> <laughs> it's, honestly, I mean, whether you talk to a Celtic fan, they'll tell you the same. Yeah. Whether it's at Parkhead or Ibrox, where Rangers play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Rangers is 54,000. Celtic believes 60. That's some change. Mm-hmm. So there's that many people... Which, if it's at home for Rangers, majority of Rangers. Yeah. Just screaming. I mean, I'm hearing things as a kid going to these games. I'm looking at my grandmother. <laughs> what does that mean? She's she telling me, and she's like, but he don't leave here. <laughs> so then I'd go back to school Monday and have my buddies, you know, Celtic fans, and we'd talk about the game, you know, get the trash talk out the way, and sure. go on being buddies. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, can you imagine... 60,000 Louisville fans. I hope we get to something like that one God, that'd be amazing. Uh, but then it's like, you know when we go to Cincinnati, and we go wait for them to walk through a little bridge, to uh, water, whatever you call that place. To the to the Bailey. Right. We're just mingling throughout. Well, you can't even walk around the stadium at a Ranger Celtic game because they got, you know, barricades up, mm-hmm. police on horses. <laughs> You'll see the occasional people, like, shout through the fence. Sure. Yeah. Cuss words. And, but the Bailey's cool, like, because they stick us right next to them. Yeah. Fun to have that proximity at those games. And we got to shut them up twice. And that has been a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So, finally, we get some we get some soccer announced in town. Lou City is about to start playing. What was your initial involvement with the team? Well, I remember what, St. Louis' first game. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that gym was like, are we going to the game? Sure, so we can do it. And we buy tickets, and we're sitting along the sideline, first baseline, and people up, down, up, down, couldn't even see the game. Jim well, uh. says, let's go see my mate Scouts. Aha. Uh-huh. So he's standing up there. There it is. So that's when we walk up, and... You know, as we mentioned before on here, how Jim, you know, the House of Scouts. And, yep. You know, I think the first thing Scouts said to me was, they came up and just poured a flask into my beer. 
That sounds about right. Some whiskey and. Not that we would ever condone no, bringing flasks no, into the stadium. Never, no, that's no one has ever done that. Honestly, nor no should you. It really. was a flask of purple stuff. Yeah, yeah it was purple stuff. Uh, so you uh, first game. You're saying first that uh, you were already uh, involved in the creation of Scouse's Since house. Sam just haven't looked back and moved to the Overlook deck. Mm-hmm. Met you guys over there. To Lucky us. We fought so. for the patio deck, and we're there. It's yeah. it's been a nice run, and uh, you uh, stay involved by being on the leadership committee. Yep. Uh, your duties are not strenuous. Not at all. Just listening, everybody talking. Now, are should people who haven't gotten their shirts be angry at you? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's all of us because there's been some miscommunication. Been playing games where. I've been holding on to the boxes, and it's like... That's true. What do I need to bring, and... I think that Kevin Boissano, our vice president, may have finally gotten us sorted out on this front. So if you haven't gotten your shirt yet, send angry emails to scousishouse at gmail.com, and Kevin will respond to them in time. But uh, Steve will 100% mark you down as an official member with a a check mark. Do you hold an office? I am a Scouse's House ambassador. There so were no. three elected ambassadors. No, so no. Shut count. up, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. I mean, he did say that he was going to do it regardless. I was, but. I was elected an ambassador along with David O'Connell and uh, Joe Woolley. So uh, the three of us are the uh, Scouse's House ambassadors. We ran unopposed. Uh, oh, go, go figure. <laughs> Plus, every picture that Scouse's House has had on social media, it's always been... Yeah, it's true. They, I have a tendency to make ridiculous faces and at all times, and so any picture of me is liable to... Uh, uh, it's been too much lately with that, with the picture from the fire game. It's been everywhere right now, and it's mostly Still just making me... That, <laughs> honest to God, I don't know either, no, man. Because no one else in that crowd is cheering. Everybody like, no else is else. just standing there. It's like, what is he yelling about? What I was yelling about was the fact that I drank like nine beers on the ride up there and then uh, half of a pint of larceny in the parking lot. So it was a, it was a, hell, of a mm. hell of a day. Um, that's what I was yelling about. Okay. Um, well. Yeah, all right. So let's get back to Steve here. <laughs> Steve, uh, what, what do you hope for, for the future of Scouse's house and its relationship with Louisville City? Well, I think this season alone, it just shows like how far, you know, we've came. Last year, we were an official supporters group with what, twenty people. Well, technically, because of the season tickets sold, it was uh, one hundred and fifty. But uh, in terms of people who are actually official. paying to right. us to get it done, yeah, about twenty. This year, I mean, the amount of people that's in there, makes, yeah, makes for an awesome atmosphere. It makes does for a great time. Yeah. I just mean we're just going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, we got sponsors this year, which yep. is, was a big step for us. Plus, stadium, you know, can't help but get excited about that. Well, I really, that's that's my biggest hope with uh, with Scouse's House is that uh, when we get into the new stadium that we really ensconce ourselves yeah. in it and make it, make our end our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to start a bunch of traditions that require space we don't know how we're going to hang flags yet at yeah. the next stadium. We don't know if we're going to have room for banners to be shown behind the goal at the next place. 
I mean, if they're smart business people, they're going to have advertising there that it will be theirs instead of sluggers. Yeah. And so there's going to be some negotiations that had to be had. So You know, we'll still drape the flags over. <laughs> <laughs> Until they come and yell at us every game. But they will, and Those we flags. will. <laughs> but, uh, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Right. Steve, is there anything that you think it's important that we know about you as a soccer fan that I haven't gotten to? Not at all. I mean, I'm one of the few Rangers sports I've seen. If there are any the Rangers game, supporters so out there, come, uh, down to come hang out in Scouts House. You'll have a friend. Yep. And I've got one. You can punch Jim in the face. No, I really don't do that. Very, very <laughs> good. <laughs> but he will punch you back yeah. hard. He, yeah. All right. Andy. Here's, here's, here's one for you. Actually, I've got two. But here's my first one for you. If you had to play, what position do you think you would be? About 100 pounds ago, maybe uh, – I always play, like playing defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a hell of a left back on our uh, Wool Cup team. Yeah, Wool Cup. Oh, uh, yeah. I me, forgot about that. Yeah. Two of the defenders. Yeah. Evan won't let me play. I invited him to play not that long ago. He, he, he strategically invites me to play when he knows that I have other stuff going on. He doesn't <laughs> want me to go. Because he doesn't. He, he knows how good I am. I've seen Andy work. run, and it's like a baby giraffe. But a six foot five, 200 pound baby giraffe. That's like what a baby giraffe is. Okay, so a baby <laughs> giraffe. <laughs> now, but defense has always been fun. Midfield, you know, getting stuck in about things has mm-hmm. always been great. He, he was a hell of a left back. He's never been fast enough for a forward. So. He's tough to he's tough to get by. I, I I can give him kudos on that. I think the back line of Kevin, David O'Connell, and myself was uh, the uh, plus the, with Kevin, with Kevin goes, behind us. Our defense was set. It feels so bad. I'd be a striker. Yeah, yeah, of course. Be. You would be. You'd be the Peter Crouch of uh, of the indoor soccer leagues. Um, you had one more. Uh, just the question. So if you. If you've got the question, I'm ready to hear it. No, like the question question that I, I always ask. I want to hear it. Well, you yelled at me last week. You didn't have it last yeah, week. Yeah, I did. You didn't like it. Oh, okay. Well, then lay it on him. I may have struck it from my memory. Yeah. For good reason. It's awful. All right. Lay it on him. I've, I've whittled it down, though. Let's see. So here's... <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> Probably not, but you have to put together the perfect team. But you can only choose people from either the DC universe oh, right. or the Marvel universe. You don't have to tell me who, but you do have to tell me why. Which would entail probably telling me who. Yeah, it seems like it. Alrighty. What's, uh, which one's Captain America? It's Marvel. DC. He's taking DC. Nice! He says get Captain America out of there. All right. Nice. Never been a fan of him. I mean, I've always caught a bunch of crap for that. Like, right. He's a boy scout. He's a boy scout. So mostly you're selecting DC on the basis of saying stick it to Captain America. I like that. I like it. I think Batman would be a perfectly adequate, uh, frankly, probably keeper. I think Batman's be a, a keeper. keeper. Yep. Be that a keeper. cape would be tough to get to. Yeah. Well, he reads people. Yeah. He reads people. Yeah. And gadgets. Yeah. I think he'd be a good keeper. But All right, so we're going, we're, we're chalk up a vote for uh, the DC. I think you put Wonder Woman and Superman in the wing. All right. Absolutely. Have to. All right. Have to. I think, I think, you, I put, think you put the Flash on the wing, and then you let, I mean, shit, let Superman be a striker. 
Let him finish. I think you do Superman. I think you probably put Green Arrow in Speedy's position. A holding midfielder. Yeah. And Green Lantern as your uh, creator. Yeah. He's a creator. Oh, yeah. Is center back. There's a lot of... It'd be tough to get by him. Yeah, you're so, not... I mean, you could put together a formidable team. We don't need to break this fully down for everybody this time. We've got a nice maybe, job here. And maybe I should start phrasing this. Like, if you pick DC, it's assuming that you're playing against Marvel. And vice versa. Wow. Yeah, that would... Frankly, this is a fun thought exercise. But I think... Uh, I think this is my best question. I, <laughs> I think this is the... Of the three, this has been the best one. You go Mostly ahead. because it so clearly frustrates Evan. Because <laughs> the, the snake versus gorilla one didn't frustrate me. All right, all right. Now, I, I enjoy this question. It's uh, I, I feel like, though, that it's it's worthy of its own entire hour-long discussion. Oh, about, thank you. I really do. I feel like this, if you were going to talk about it, you want to break down... Yeah. You know, who plays where, who's yeah. canceling out whom, what does wh- what works against who. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to there's it a lot is. to unpack and putting it on the spot for somebody in the last 2 minutes of the uh, questionnaire. That's why I did it cuz yeah. I want to see <laughs> what can you boil down. All right. Uh finally the last thing we're going to get to tonight is our uh banter and uh this is something that needs to be covered. Uh, it's been covered ad nauseum elsewhere, but uh we need to have our say cuz we need to have our say. FC Cincinnati has signed three new players to its roster uh, using various loopholes and uh, addendums and uh, uh, difficult-to-interpret rules Mm -hmm. in the uh, USL and MLS um, agreement about uh, how they are connected to one another. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it boils down to Cincinnati has signed players for their MLS team next year and loaned them to themselves on the USL team, which is a different organization completely, for this year. And so they will have two players who've been playing in the MLS and one player who's been playing in Syria uh, uh, coming to play for them now. These are three really good players. It's going to make them a better team if these guys get incorporated into the group, which is the real only the sort of hope is that uh, maybe, frankly, I feel like Cincinnati is playing the best they've played in quite some time, mostly because they've had time to gel this year. Mm-hmm. They haven't been stuck playing U.S. Open Cup games like they were last year and have been able to find their stride with their best 11. And now you're probably going to be removing three of those guys and putting in three new guys. Mm-hmm. They're all better dudes. Yeah, but theoretically, this is the classic question of the the parts being the the whole being greater than some of the parts. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I get why they did it. Sure. But you know, for next season at MLS, and you know, they seem like they're trying to buy the USA. I'd love to give the person who I read it from credit, but I can't remember who it was, so I can't. So uh, you know, you know who you are. But there's a. <laughs> Check the likes. <laughs> yeah. George Will or whoever it was. Now, um, somebody was saying that uh, this is sort of a no-win situation for Cincinnati, actually, though. Because if now they take these players and they win the USL championship on their way out the door this year, everybody's going to be like, well, yeah, you spent literally ten times as much money as every other club. You were using MLS exemptions that nobody else had access to. And you bought a championship. Congratulations. So everybody will discount it. Or they lose, and then everybody's like, and you spent all that yeah. money, you idiots. What were you thinking? You, you know, whether the outcome, if 
if and when we beat them at home, oh. whatever happens with Cincinnati after that. Oh yeah, yeah screw them. Well, that's it. Makes the Cincinnati game this year the game where they come to us, which is in mid September. Mid September. So. Mm-hmm. They come here for their final game in the USL against us, unless we hosted them in the playoffs, uh, or they hosted us in the playoffs. But they'd come to us for the final time. That makes that game really important. I think a because it'll we may not play them for years afterwards. It just yeah. depends on how U.S. Open Cups shake out and how uh, friendlies shake out. I mean, I know there's actually some connections between our ownership and theirs, and they might try to make that happen because it's a money maker to play against each other. We both draw huge when the other team comes. Even Cincinnati, who draws huge anyway, draws huger when we come. Right, and uh, so an easy money maker for a friendly or a preseason game. But we may not play them for. Who who knows how long? Yeah. And there's a lot of bragging rights on the line, yeah. man. There's just a, and it, it should be, it should be, for an important seeding in the in the playoffs. That game will be coming right up on the playoffs at that yeah. point. I think it'll be four weeks before the playoffs start. And it'd be even better if we get our game in our hands won. Right, and so if uh, if we can track them down from behind. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding yeah. because they are playing really well right now. Yes. I've been I mean and frankly they play an attractive brand of soccer. I don't like complimenting them on things, but right now they're fun to watch play. Mm-hmm. They've played well and uh, they deserve the wins they're getting. And they it seems likely they will continue to win. I hope Nashville blows them out this weekend, mm-hmm. but but it seems likely they will continue to win. And Alan Koch or Coke or however he pronounces his name, their head coach has a, uh, a big task ahead of him to try to implement these new talented pieces without losing some of this chemistry. Yeah. And uh, to point them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm curious how guys like that are going to feel about coming down and playing in the USL. Yeah. These guys are used to playing, you know, a different level of competition. Now, it could be like when I play basketball, you know, with my... 12-year-old cousins, and I'm just swatting yeah. shit away and dominating. But it also could be like it is when I'm playing against my 12-year-old cousins, and I don't care, and I'm on my phone, and I'm, you know, yeah, oh, they, you scored, way to go. I don't care. Maybe it, It's going to be hard, too, you know, because you're getting three players in. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know they had a, a whole new roster, basically, at the start of the season, and they finally gelled, mm-hmm. you know, and they're firing all cylinders. And then you got these three guys coming in who are there to play MLS. Yeah, yeah. So you got the rest of the team that they obviously they want to go play MLS. So and most of them aren't gonna. No. Most of them are not gonna. Frankly, look at the Cincinnati team right now. Take a look at them. Take away their two or three best players. A number of the next group of guys could be on Louisville's team next year. We have a lot of guys coming off contracts, and they have a lot of guys that uh, are not going to get pulled up to MLS with the team. A lot of those guys could see their way down here. We've already signed two former Cincinnati players, and there are going to be a lot more open roster spots this year than there have been in quite some time. It's interesting. I am not outraged about it. I think Cincinnati, if you have the ability to bring in better players, if you have the money to bring in better players, and you're not breaking rules... Yeah. Then massage the rules however you can. Yeah. It's still. Safe. It's hard to say that we wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Be behind you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Same. If it was, if this, if this situation was reversed, we'd be like, oh, look at these players we just got. Yeah. 
Or if it was any so, other team in the U.S., that would be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Why can't it be right. us? But because it's Cincinnati, yeah. you're a little soft. Yeah. Be like, hey, look at Bethlehem spending all that money. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is uh, signing $2 million players to play in the USL is, uh, it doesn't look good. The optics of it aren't good. But frankly, it'll be fun to watch these guys play. Mm-hmm. And I say, I mean, and I continue to say, if one of Cincinnati's fans stays a fan of the USL when they go pro, when they go up to MLS, that's a, that's a net positive for mm-hmm. us. Plus, they've got to pay a franchise fee to the USL to leave. FCC's been good for the USL, and there's no arguing that. None. Right. They just, their crowd numbers is mean. They just haven't been as good as us. <laughs> as is evidenced by our playoff run, our overall records, and our head-to-head, uh, yep. our head-to-head record. Yep. Just as so that is clear. Five Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of the, what I'll leave us with for this evening is that I will not be at the game this Sunday because no, I will be out of town. Uh, I will be. And you'll be there to I'll root the there. boys. You guys will be there. I will also not be here for next week's podcast. So Andy will be uh, Andy will be holding down the fort. Uh, he will bring in a guest host. My strong suspicion is that it will be frequent collaborator David O'Connell. It's gonna but, be a weird show. Uh, and it, it's, it's gonna be a weird show. And man. it's distinctly possible that they're gonna have to do the heavy lifting on a new coach Gosh. announcement. That I will not be present for, and I'm just gonna have to listen from afar, you're like just, last time when they made fun of Twilight with ghosts. You're just throwing the show into the wind right now. It is know, maybe right? the biggest week in the history of Emma of Louisville City, and I will be uh, I'll be busy in Florida with my family, uh, enjoying uh, my birthday, my uncle's birthday, and uh, some some quality family time, some fishing, some baseball, good stuff, but. No sign. Well, I'll still be watching, but I will not be here for the podcast, and I will not be at the game. And the last time I was not at a Louisville City football club game, they won. And the time before that that I was not at a Louisville City football game, they beat Cincinnati five to nothing. So I feel like me not being there. Oh, that, that was my bachelor party. That was. We were in Vegas for that. We were, and that's the Best second to last game, game, last second to last home game I missed. But uh, <laughs> so. Optimistic that that trend continues and the boys get a win. We want to thank Steve McGuffey thank for coming you, on the show tonight. Thanks for the invite. We want to. I want to thank my partner Andy for uh, for taking some time away from those gorgeous fjords. And, my pleasure. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, everybody, get excited about a new coach, but have patience too. And uh, I will see you in three or in two weeks. Andy will talk to you this week. But as always, we like to end end our show by saying one simple thing. Go Go City. City!